Hi, welcome to the podcast that narrates the translated Mahabharat, public domain translation obtained from sacredtexts.com. Kindly excuse errors in pronunciation on my part. Section 41 Sarthi said, being thus addressed, and hearing that his sire was bearing a dead snake, the powerful Shringin burned with wrath, and looking at Krissa, and speaking softly, he said, Pray, why does my father bear a dead snake today? And Krissa replied, King Parikshit was roving for purpose of hunting, O oh dear one, and he was the one who placed the dead snake on the shoulder of your sire. And Shringin asked, What wrong did my father do to the wicked monarch? O oh, Krissa, tell me this, and witness the power of my ascetism. And Krissa answered, King Parikshit, the son of Abhimanyu, while hunting, had wounded a fleet stag with an arrow and chased it alone. The king lost sight of the animal in that extensive wilderness. Seeing then your sire, he immediately accosted him. Your sire was then observing the vow of silence. Oppressed by hunger, thirst and labour, the prince again and again asked your sire, sitting motionless, about the missing deer. The sage, being under the vow of silence, returned no reply. The king thereupon placed the snake on your sire's shoulder with the end of his bow. O Shringin, thy sire engaged in devotion is in the same posture still, and the king has also gone to his capital, which is named after the elephant. Sothi continued. Having heard of a dead snake placed upon his father's shoulders, the son of the rishi, his eyes reddened with anger, blazed up with rage. And possessed by anger, the puissant rishi then cursed the king, touching water and overcome with wrath. And Shringen said, That sinful wretch of a monarch who has placed a dead snake on the shoulders of my lean and old parent that insulter of Brahmins and tarnisher of the fame of the Kurus shall be taken within seven nights to the regions of Yam, death, by the snake Takshak, the powerful king of serpents, stimulated thereto by the strength of my words. So they continued. And having thus cursed the king from anger, Shringid went to his father and saw the sage sitting in the cowpen bearing the dead snake. And seeing his parent in that plight, he was again inflamed with ire, and he shed tears of grief, and addressed his sire, saying, Father, having been informed of this disgrace at the hand of that wicked wretch King Parikshit, I have from that anger cursed him, 
and that worst of gurus has richly deserved my potent curse. Seven days from now, Takshak, the lord of snakes, shall take the sinful sick king to the horrible abode of death. And the king said to the enraged son, Child, I am not pleased with you. Ascetics should not act like this. We live in the dominions of that great king. You are protected by him righteously. In all he does, the reigning king should by the like of us be forgiven. If you destroy dharma, dharma will destroy you. If the king does not properly protect us, we will fare very ill. We cannot perform our religious rites according to our desire. But protected by righteous sovereigns, we attain immense merit and they are entitled to a share thereof. Therefore, reigning loyalty is by all means to be forgiven. And Parikshit, like his great-grandsire, protects us as a king should protect his subjects. That penance practicing monarch was fatigued and oppressed with hunger. Ignorant of my vow of silence, he did this. A kingless country always suffers from evils. The king punishes offenders and fear of punishment conducts peace. And people do their duties and perform their rights undisturbed. The king establishes religion, establishes the kingdom of heaven. The king protects sacrifices from disturbance and sacrifices to please the gods. The gods cause rain and rain produces grain and herbs which are always useful to man. Manu says, A ruler of the destinies of men is equal in dignity to ten Veda-studying priests. Fatigued and oppressed with hunger, that penance-practicing prince has done this through ignorance of my vow. Why then have you rashly done this unrighteous action through childishness? O son, in no way does the king deserve a curse from us. Section 42 Shringen then replied to his father, saying, Whether this be an act of rashness, O father, or an improper act that I have done, whether you like it or don't like it, the words spoken by me shall never be in vain. O father, I tell you, a curse can never be otherwise. I have never spoken a lie even in jest. And Samik, dear child, and Samik said, Dear child, I know that you are art of great prowess. I know that you are you have great prowess, and you are truthful in speech. You have never spoken a falsehood before so that your curse shall never be falsified. The son, even when he attains his age, should yet be always counselled by the father, so that crowned with good qualities, he may acquire great renown. A child as you should, 
how much more do you stand in need of counsel? You are ever engaged in ascetic penances. The wrath of even the illustrious one, possessing the six attributes, increases greatly. You are foremost of ordinance-observing persons, seeing that you are my son and a minor, and beholding also your lashness, I see that I must counsel you. Live, son, inclined to peace and eating fruits and roots of the forest. Kill your anger and destro don't destroy the fruit of your ascetic way acts in this way. Wrath surely decreases the virtue that ascetics acquire with great pains. And then, for those deprived of virtue, the blessed state does not exist. Peaceful Peacefulness ever gives success to forgiving ascetics. Therefore, begin, become forgiving in your temper and conquer your passions. That's how you should always live. By forgiveness, you shall obtain worlds that are beyond the reach of Brahman himself. Of Brahma himself. Having adopted peacefulness myself, and with a desire for doing good as much as lies in my power, I must do something, even if I must send to the king telling him, O monarch, you have been cursed by my son of tender years and undeveloped intellect in wrath at seeing your act of disrespect towards me. Sati continued, And that great ascetic observer of vows, moved by kindness, sent with proper instructions a disciple of his to King Parikshit. And he sent his disciple Gormuk of good manners and also engaged in ascetic penances, instructing him to first inquire about the welfare of the king and then communicate the real message. And that disciple soon approached the monarch, the head of the Guru race. He entered the king's palace, having first sent notice of his arrival through the servant in attendance at the gate. And the twice-born Gormuk was duly worshipped by the monarch. And after resting for a while, he detailed fully to the king, in presence of his ministers, the words of Samik, of cruel import, exactly as he had been instructed. And Gormuk said, O king of kings, there is a Rishi Samik by name, of virtuous soul, his passions under control, peaceful, and given up to hard ascetic devotions, living in your dominions. You, O tiger, of, o tiger among men, was placed on that Rishi's shoulders, observing a, observing a vow of silence, a dead snake. He himself forgave that act, but his son could not. And by the latter hast thou today been cursed. O king of kings, without the knowledge of his father, to the effect that within seven nights hence, the snake Takshak shall cause your death. And Samik repeatedly asked his son to save you, but there is nothing to falsify his son's curse. 
and because he has been unable to pacify his son, possessed by anger, therefore I have been sent to you, O king, for your own good. And that king of the Kururis, himself engaged in ascetic practices, having heard these cruel words, and recollecting his own sinful act, became exceedingly sorry. And the king, learning that the foremost of rishis in the forest had been observing the vow of silence, was doubly afflicted with sorrow, and seeing the kindness of the rishi Samik, and considering his own sinful act towards him, the king became very repentant. The king, looking like a very god, did not grieve so much for hearing of his death as for having done that act to the rishi. The king sent away Gormuk, saying, Let the worshipful one, Samik, be gracious to me. And when Gormuk had gone away, the king, in great anxiety, without loss of time, consulted his ministers. And having consulted them, the king himself, wise in councils, caused a mansion to be erected upon one solitary column. It was well guarded, day and night, and for its protection, were placed physicians and medicines, and Brahmans skilled in mantras all around. And the monarch, protected on all sides, discharged his kingly duties from that place, surrounded by his virtuous ministers. No one could approach the best of kings. Even the heir couldn't go there, being prevented from entering. And when the seventh day had arrived, the best of Brahmans, the learned Kashyap was coming towards the king's residence, desirous of treating the king after a snake bite. He had heard all that had taken place, that Takshak, the first of snakes, would be sent, would send that best of monarchs to the presence of Yam. And he thought, I would cure the monarch after he is bit by that first of snakes. By that, I may have wealth and may acquire virtue. But that prince of snakes, Takshak, in the form of an old Brahman, saw Kashyap approaching on his way, his heart set upon curing the king. And the prince of snakes then said to the bull among Munis, Kashyap, saying, Where do you go with such speed? What besides is the business upon which you are intent? And Kashyap thus addressed replied, Takshak by his poison will today burn King Parikshit of the Guru race, that oppressor of all enemies. I go with speed, O amiable one, to cure without loss of time. The king of immeasurable prowess, the sole representative of the Pandav race, after he is bit by the same Takshak, like to Agni himself in energy. And Takshak answered, I am that Takshak Brahman, who shall burn that lord of the earth. Stop, for you are unable to cure anyone who is bit by me. And Kashyap rejoined, I am sure that I am possessed of the power of learning. Going thither, I shall cure that monarch who you bite.